It's Filmsy, what we're watching. We're back with you, Rylan and I. This is a show where two longtime friends get together and talk about their favorite thing, popular culture, movies, and television. We're going to talk about what we're watching right now, no spoilers. So we have spoiled some stuff before when we go on a deep dive, and we'll do that uh, in the future with, you know, if you ever watch a film or television show and you're like, I just wish two smart, attractive, middle-aged men, I wish I could hear them talk about it for an hour. We're going to be back with you for that soon. Right now, if you're debating watching something, we're going to talk you into what we're watching or give you the spill without giving you every detail and without spoiling it. Rylan, how's everything going? It's great, man. It's good to be back on here with you. It's been too long. There's too much good television to not do this podcast. There's some really good television and film out there. uh, Then there's some that we just want to watch, whether it's good or not. Uh, What do you want to start with? (laughs) What are you watching? All right. Well, uh, right now we're in the middle of a couple of shows. Uh, one of them is Cobra Kai, and the other one is The Rings of Power. There are a few others out that I want to watch, but I can only handle a certain number uh, at once. So those are the ones we're watching. Cobra Kai, mostly because my daughter, Abby Grace, is in the middle of it, and she's like, Dad, you got to finish the season so we can talk. And whenever you have a kid right. tell you that, you just got to do it. So, so for I, me, I think it's so interesting when people that have families in like a very – small amount of free time like how you decide what to watch it's driven mainly besides what everybody else in the room wants to watch right well we've had this conversation at least i've had it with some friends at work uh, because we talk a lot about movies there as you can imagine it's funny because if there's something that Cherie, my wife doesn't enjoy a lot of times it just gets dropped off the list like we might watch one or two mm-hmm. episodes of a show that someone else is like oh it's amazing and if she's not captured by it i usually don't get to finish it because there's just there really isn't that much time and I'd rather right. watch something that we both enjoy together. It does make it better when you get to sit and watch something and discuss it. So it's not like, well, I don't get to watch that. It's like, well, it wouldn't be as fun if she's not into it. or And especially as your children get older, just to watch it through their eyes is just so fun. That's what has brought you to Cobra Kai. Absolutely. You know, we got her into it. We let her watch it. I, you know, she's a little bit young for some of the stuff that goes on in there. Not too young. She's not like a little kid. And she's grown, you know, it's five seasons now. So she's probably been watching it for a couple of years and caught up and she's in, ahead of us now. You know, I think it's really cool that she's watching this thing that's really nostalgic for me. And she also right. thinks it's cool. Karate Kid was a huge thing there for me. I watched that in theaters. I watched the first season and I think a lot of people after watching on Netflix, oh, it was so nostalgic and fun to see Ralph Macchio and the way they recreated it. It was very nostalgic. It was kind of like Orange is the New Black. When the second season started, I I just didn't want to go through it again. I can't really describe why, but I think the nostalgia only went so far for me. I like Ralph Macchio as like a character actor and like the deuce and other things where he's like kind of a shady cop or something, but um, I just didn't, I don't know if it was writing or where he was. I just didn't think he was carrying that show. I thought Johnny was, was, was really good, but uh, I don't want to criticize people specifically on the show, on this show, but for me, Rylan, I just, for whatever reason, like you said, you got to make some tough decisions. I didn't go past season one, and I think a lot of our listeners probably were the same. I can see why, and th- to tell the truth, I find myself, like, just last night we were watching it, and I was yelling at the screen, Ralph Macchio, like, I don't think it's him necessarily like as an actor, like you were saying, I, I'm not going to criticize him and his acting abilities and that stuff. Let me just say, I think it's it's his the writing for him. I'm not sure what they're doing with that character because he has grown none since the first season. Like what you saw in the first season, he's still doing the same stuff. And the weird thing is, Johnny Lawrence, the actor that plays him, is named William Zabka. His character has all kinds of growth. So you know, like the writers know how to create a character with growth, right? And they've just decided that. Ralph Macchio or Daniel LaRusso will not grow at all. And it's so frustrating to watch him do the same thing over and over again. 
Do you think the initial premise was when they pitched it to Netflix is like, well, really, one's going to become one way and the other, and it's going to be an irony of where they end up as as adults. Why can't you keep going from that premise? And it just seemed like kind of the same old hat to me. I really love living in that world, of course, and they made some pretty fun choices there. I mean, I was talking to a friend last night, and he's like us. He's our age. And so it's very much at this point, he's like, yeah... I'm in the new season. It's a labor of love. I don't want to discourage anybody from watching it, but I just wonder if maybe these opinions that we have, most people that watch this are somewhere between me and somewhere between you. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. They've made a choice at some point for some reason. They would flip the roles, right? And so Johnny is going to kind of like be the good guy and Danny is going to be the bad guy. That worked for the first season. And then that you kind of realize, okay, neither of these guys is really bad. So they had to bring in some other characters. But again, just the really, really disappointing and frustrating thing is the lack of growth out of some of the characters in the show, which is really typical, I think, for some of these teen dramas, which essentially is what this is. But this started out really strong, in my opinion. Like a lot of shows, I had the same thing with The Walking Dead. By the end of, like, I don't remember, fourth or fifth season, I just didn't want to watch it anymore. I don't even know how to describe that, but you just, it's, there's a weariness there. That's right. A big part of it, in my opinion, is the lack of growth. And if you have a show mm. that needs to keep going and keep going, there's only so much your characters can grow before you know you run out of story and so to keep it growing they can't grow to keep the story going your characters can't grow because they'll just become the the perfect version of themselves i guess i don't know i'm not a writer right but at some point there's something's got to give and really a lot of these shows just need to be ended you know a couple of seasons before they actually right or or, you know in the walking dead's case like maybe five seasons before i just think the popularity of these shows they're going to keep especially the way television is now People love to watch something they're already familiar with in the first place, and then they just keep it going and keep it going. It's an indictment that I think a lot of a lot of people have watched this. So let's talk about The Resort. The Resort is a dark, short-run television series on Peacock. A lot of people are getting a Peacock subscription just to watch old episodes of The Office, which to my understanding, Rylan, the most watched things during the pandemic were... Friends and The Office of all streaming. We did. Yeah, and that's why you see NBC Universal has reeled back in Parks and Rec and The Office so they can just basically make people pay them directly instead of, you know, selling it to this or that. Of course, HBO bought five years of Friends for $500 million. It's just big money because uh, I think other generations and other segments of people are watching these where they didn't previously. So Peacock, I consider like The Office (laughs) streaming. They do some pretty good original stuff. I know they're giving it their best effort. NBC's pretty late to the streaming game, but they have a lot of content. They did a really good job of bringing together Sam Esmiel, famous for Mr. Robot, with uh, Andy Sierra, who is uh, partly responsible for Palm Springs, which is my favorite movie of 2020 on Hulu. If you haven't watched that, we've talked about it on yeah, the show we did before. An Please on that, watch I that. I think we did a, what we're watching yeah. on that, and uh, it's we need to do a full episode yeah. on it because it's just such an important movie. Well, imagine Sam Esmiel, Mr. Robot. It's not quite that dark, and then the, the Palm Springs folks kind of come together. It's kind of like White Lotus meets Palm Springs a bit, and I would highly recommend it. I, I think it's it's a slow burn, so don't expect like a lot of times you watch television now. I think maybe a younger audience will be like, wait, that's it? That's what happened? It's got a little lost vibe into it, but it's just not that ambitious. That's what I thought when I saw the... Yeah, well, I mean, they're on an island, and it's a couple that's going to, you know, like their 10-year anniversary, going on a vacation. It's a really good allegory for how tough marriage can get after 10 years, and that's... I'll just leave it at that. 
but they find some really interesting, and they basically go on kind of this hunt for to resolve a mystery that had happened 15 years before. And I, I don't think I'm spoiling anything to say that. We get kind of caught up with that. I think what I do want to talk about, how well acted it is and how much heart there is in it. So this isn't for everybody, but good, quirky, dark comedy. That's right up my alley. William Jackson Harper, a lot of people know him from The Good Place. He just really nails it. I Maybe my favorite actor, Kristen Milioti, and she's just phenomenal in Palm Springs. She steals the show there, and she does the same here. Her and Harper just are incredible. They're supported by a lot of just longtime great character actors. Nick Offerman, people think of him as Ron Swanson, but really he's a terrific, terrific character actor, and he just does so well in this. So if you guys that want to see more Ron Swanson, he's in that vein, and he's he's just terrific in this. Uh, Luis Gerardo Mendez is a really famous character actor of Puerto Rican descent where they filmed the resort. Uh, they just do a really good job. It's one of those things, if you've watched Mr. Robot and you watch Palm Springs, you're going to guess all the details are nailed, and all the details are absolutely nailed. And people know from White Lotus, people like to watch people on vacation. For years, a lot of stuff is people at work, family in their living room or at the kitchen table. And I think we're seeing more now. People want a beach. People want the desert. People want something in the background. I really would implore all of our listeners and you, Ryland, it's a good short run, so it's not, you don't have to sit through 18 episodes and they don't cliffhang to the next season. Looks like it would most certainly be just a one-shot thing. Highly recommend it. Yeah, you have me at Palm Springs and Mr. Robot. I yeah. <laughs> want to see it. <laughs> I don't have Peacock, but when we, you know, we'll eventually on our rotation of different streaming services, we'll get that, and that'll yeah. be one that I, I watch for sure. So I, I think it's five dollars a month with with commercials, and usually like Hulu just overdoes the commercials. I don't think Peacock overdoes the commercials, and I went on a free trial, and then when I was going to end it, it was like, hey. You can have for two dollars and fifty cents a month if you have to commit to three months. Sold. I would do that for the office episode. Yeah, so yeah. I would tell people to. I'd tell people to jump on, uh, do that free trial, and then say you're going to leave for money and uh, do it for seven fifty for three months because there there is a lot of good content on there. For me, I I want to talk really quick about the best movie that I've seen this year and maybe in the past two or three years. Uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once. Amazing, beautiful, bonkers movie. And I know you saw it, and you also loved it. Yeah. So tell me what you thought about it. Oh, that. I saw it at the Belcourt Theater in early April, and I was just blown away by it. It's not for everybody, and it is certainly ambitious, but man, what this is what new films should be. Absolutely. Yeah, me and Jacob went to original. see it together. Jacob has been on the show before. You guys should know him. Uh, we took Randy with us, which was a trip. Cool. Um, he fell asleep yeah. in the first like 30 minutes. But yeah, he he was a hoot man. He he liked it too. Uh, he you know woke back up a little bit later, watched the rest of it. But that's not nice. to say anything about this movie. Uh, Randy's a great guy, but he's kind of funny that way. I love the acting. I loved the action. It's an action comedy like drama. It's got all kinds of genres in it. You know what I would uh, I would tell you not to do, Spice. Listen, you absolutely do not need to watch this movie and then go watch the Doctor Strange multiverse of madness movie because if you okay. watch everything everywhere all at once Make first head explode. and then go watch dr strange you're gonna be like this is the lamest multiverse i've ever seen because uh, dr strange just like it, i mean it, they just don't do it really well to be honest once you see what a multiverse kind of a movie and all the infinite choices and weird things that can be out there and then you watch it's really a tame version of what a multiverse could be and i don't think they reached far enough on that one and i'm not I don't want to go over that movie now. Uh, we did see it, and it wasn't a bad movie. It's just the way the multiverse is done and everything everywhere all at once is phenomenal. 
I was really impressed with now this wasn't my favorite movie. I thought it was twenty minutes too long. I think most movies are twenty minutes too long. <laughs> I loved the casting choices. Jamie Lee Curtis was in, in a limited role as far as her in support was as good as I've ever seen her. Yeah. She just plays a different type of character, the middle-aged, frustrated one. She's great. I love seeing stuff from Asian culture come here. We I think they have to watch a lot of our action movies a lot. I like that we've seen more of that over the last few years and just kind of because that culture and that identity comes over and what it's like to be an immigrant living in this country. It, a lot of those themes are just so well presented here. And I just know it's a lot of jumping around as, as you're referring to, there's a lot of ambition to it and you got to be ready to laugh and not take it so seriously. But what you want to yeah. take seriously are the themes of living in the moment in your life, having empathy of what other people are going through and what is really important in life. And they do that in a very unique way. That's all I'll say about it, but I just look for Jamie Lee Curtis, if as good as you'll ever see her in a supporting role. And uh, like Jenny Slate is in this for a few minutes. I mean, the casting choices are great. I love Jenny Slate. I just saw the the, the main leads or people, of course, I hadn't seen the things before. The heart, the commitment to the role. This is a universally acclaimed film. People love this. It's made... $75 million in profit just domestically. I mean, it is a huge, huge thing. And if it's not your flavor or taste, find somebody that it is and, and go watch it with them and try and try to stay awake if you're Randy. But I know <laughs> my close friend, my close friend and yours too, Landon, he's a junior at Vanderbilt and he, this movie was very important to him. So I'd say it crosses a lot of cultural and I think demographic boundaries. People are going to watch this and say, what in the heck just happened? But it's one of those, I think you should watch it, let it marinate. I, I wish I were a little more men mentally prepared for this. I just like, oh, it's at the Belcourt. Let's go. <laughs> um, I've talked a lot about it, Rylan. W what's your big takeaway from it? I think that you described it perfectly. I, I really can't describe it better than that, especially without too many spoilers. I just love the way that they kind of understand the infinite possibilities of the universe and the multiverse. If that sort of thing is, you know, something that's real, it's, it's, you know, it's all theoretical stuff, but I think they did a good job of making it just silly enough that you don't take it seriously. Like you said, you, you can't, you just can't take it too seriously, but also it had all the heart and it had like the family drama. And that's the part that really like the stuff that is familiar that it comes back to. That's just about, you know, like you said, what it's like to be an immigrant, what it's like to be a family in America that's kind of going through some tough times. That is really what got me in the end and made me fall in love with this movie. We were talking earlier. We're going to do a deep dive review on this one eventually, right? With spoilers yeah. and everything. We're going to get Landon in, and I just think it'll be important because it deserves like an academic approach. Let's do it. We'll give you spoilers on that. But for now, we just ask our listeners to watch it. Where watch can it. people watch it? Watch it so you can listen to the next episode when we cover it. Now, if if I may, there's a couple of movies that I want to say were like, I don't know if they're runners up, but ones that stuck out to me. I don't want to discuss them. I just want to tell you that if you're looking for something to watch, Nope, I thought was a pretty good movie. And nope. then Vengeance. And Speed, okay. I especially think you might like the movie Vengeance. You should check it out when you have a chance. Okay, tell, tell us about Vengeance. DJ Novak is a right. writer from New York, and it's basically like yeah. North meets South. Uh, he, yeah. he comes down to this family in Texas and gets into some hijinks with them because of basically a huge misunderstanding. He's a guy who um, dates around a lot. There's this mm -hmm. girl that he dates 
that's from that moves back to Texas, I think is, is how it went. Mm-hmm. And uh, her parents think that they're completely in love. And for him, mm-hmm. it was just like a one night stand, kind of a very, you know. And we're not getting into spoiler territory with this? Right. Nope. Nope. That's the very okay. beginning. That's basically the trailer. It's kind of a comedy of errors. It starts out that way. Okay. Um, I will say it gets, it, it gets into some dark territory, but in a, in a good way. Like, it's not as good as everything everywhere all at once, for sure. Right. And I don't think it's meant to be. This is no, just a uh, brainchild of B.J. Novak's, who's famously was right. an executive producer and a cast member on The American Office. Yeah, and this is on Peacock. Uh, where, did, where did you watch this? I saw this in the movie theater in okay, cool. Burrow. And I would say the movie is not without its flaws, but I, I just think right. it was kind of a – it was enjoyable for me. It was an enjoyable movie. Yeah. I liked how the characters grew in this story. Mm-hmm. And I like the character okay. dynamics, but like I said, it's not without some flaws, and you'll see that when you watch it eventually. This is my kind of movie, even though I, I think it is probably appropriate for home streaming. This can be watched on Peacock. I like BJ Novak, and I like when people write and do their own stuff. It just comes off as original and, and very personal. They got Issa Rae to be in this, which I find her to be incredibly talented. She's famously a big star of her own show on on HBO. I, I would watch it for her. So I, I'm excited to watch this. I'm going to give you my feedback when we get back together on this. Vengeance on uh, now streaming on Peacock, yeah. BJ Novak. If you like The Office, I think it's worth a whirl. It sounds quirky enough and dark enough that I think folks that listen to this show would probably give it a turn. I would say the same thing about The Resort. And it was my favorite thing ever, but it was certainly good and certainly worth watching. And I, I, I like watching something, something new and different. Well, that's it for this week. Short episode, but we want to get you guys in with a few things that maybe you want to watch. And if you've watched these, tell us what you think. We're so happy to be back, and we'll be back with you soon. Rylan, thanks for joining us. We'll be back with more titles, some deep dives, and more of our friends. And Bye, guys.